Welcome back again to When Life Gives You Melons, the podcast for the dyslexic community. We're your hosts. I'm Reed. Hi, and I'm Drew. Today our topic is going to be based around stress and anxiety. Uh, We're going to define both what stress and anxiety themselves are and how those correlate with dyslexia. All right. Yep. I suppose we should start with what is stress exactly? Like, what is it? Stress is a reaction by the brain and the body to things that put us in harm's way or that it perceives is putting us in harm's way. The stress could be a physical threat, like a baseball coming straight at your face, or it can be more psychological, like forgetting the lines in a play or messing up during a public speech. The stress response is our body's attempt to keep us safe, just like you said. It's both biological and a psychological response. When we're under stress, the chemicals in our body and our brain changes. So we actually therefore change the way that we're thinking as well when we're put under stress. You can thank your amygdala for doing that, that wonderful overreaction. It is really good at figuring out what's dangerous and making connections between, you know, certain situations and negative outcomes. And it tries to mitigate that before it happens, but Mm -hmm. it gives you stress in return. It's like stress is a warning or... It's a little red flag. It's like, hey... It's a little red flag. Seems like we should uh, be worried about the possible negative outcome of this situation that is probably going to happen, possibly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Keep your antennas up, people. That's what stress says. So with stress by itself, there's good stress and bad stress. Good stress can be... The following. Have you ever heard of the flight or fight response? Probably. When we're faced with a threat, we have two basic ways of protecting ourselves. We can either run away or we can stand firm and try to subdue the situation coming at us, the stressor, the threat. When we have a sense that we can control or influence the outcome of the stressor or event, the stress reaction is actually working as an advantage. It gets our body and our brain ready to take on the challenge. That's good stress. At the most primitive level, it keeps you alive. It keeps you on your toes. It also allows us to return to a feeling of comfort or safety after we've been thrown off balance or faced a stressor or a challenge. It's that thing that kind of makes you uh, happy you have homeostasis at a certain point. So um, let's go over bad stress. Bad stress occurs in stressful situations when you feel like you have little to no control over the outcome. You have a sense that no matter what you do, you would not be able to mitigate or relieve yourself from this stressor. Your body and brain chemistry will become overactive and get all out of balance. When that happens, it can give rise to another protective mechanism to freeze, like a deer in the headlights. You can freeze physically, becoming immobilized, or you can freeze mentally, shutting down. In this situation, the stressor wins and you lose because you become completely incapacitated by the perceived threat. Yeah, I I relate to this a lot. Oh, I totally relate to this one. Like, I mean, man, that deer in the headlight feeling can come on and... It's hard to explain the panic that 
fills your insides. For me, it's like it's it's a bit of panic. It's like this like hot dread that happens, and then all of a sudden it's nothing. There's my brain has nothing in it. You want to ask me a question? No, gone. I am totally shut down. I cannot think. I am move past me. I will just stand there and be the most awkward person ever. The best way I can describe it is my brain becomes fuzzy. Like, it doesn't feel like there's anything in there, but it does feel like it's taken up almost by white noise, by a, I don't know, it's hard to explain. I can't move past that, like, yeah blocker. Yeah. Let's actually get into um, stress and dyslexia. So we've gone over good stress and bad stress and how they affect us and what stress is. And now let's see how it's affecting us as a dyslexic. To start off with, individuals with dyslexia are confronted regularly by tasks that are either in reality or in our own you know, perception, extremely difficult for us. These tasks might be reading, spelling, or math. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of these, these things that are, are stressors on our everyday life aren't necessarily always bad stressors. We might not be good at doing these things, but as long as we've had success in the past with them and in, in how we've been trained to to approach them and things like that, we are able to, as dyslexics, figure out how to use our stress as good stress, to use it as being on top of the situation, like we said before, with, with good stress. Good stress helps us face challenges with a sense of confidence based on the belief that because we've done it once, we can do it again. But if we've never had that, there's no way of building good stress. It's only building bad stress. That sounds partly like positive reinforcement from stress. It is. They, without positive reinforcement, you can't build up your self-esteem and you can't build up your confidence in yourself. Well, what I'm trying to mildly get at here with this episode and this, this script is the idea that, yes, everyone has stress and anxiety. One, we need to go over really what stress and anxiety are because people use them way too often in words and like describing things. And two, mm-hmm. then to also validate the fact that these things do happen and how they are um, affecting us as dyslexics and to not say well yeah you know you can't read well so of course like why wouldn't you just Mm-mm. like be over the fact that it's a stressor yeah. don't say that to me it's a stressor no I know what you mean I I, I I know what you mean part of that to me is also the um reactions that um positive stress and I'm saying this partly to you yeah just positive stress and negative stress for me also have to do with the way that stress is presented thank you presented from other people reading public reading reading in public for me is always going to be a stressor because no matter how many times I've ever done it and a negative stressor because no matter how many times I've ever done it there are people out there who are going to not understand it and that's the stress yeah. that terrifies me is that person who who looks down at me and that stress is never going to fully go away because those experiences are never going to go away because unfortunately they're there you've had them they're there i've had them but in the situations where i'm that stressed and then you have people who like they don't make a big deal of it at all i mean that does help and that relieves my stress a little bit in certain situations but anyways no i know what you're talking people's about people's reactions well to have you. you have you ever heard no, you probably have because it's a it's an old like a uh, play saying um, that if you're nervous about something, turn it into excitement, right? Uh huh. So what I, I'm trying to get at here is that uh, you can have 
good stress, excited stress, and have that work for you. Yes, like that's totally true. You totally performance can. Performance stress or things like that, like doing plays, which are, can be good. But then you can have continuous bad negative reinforcement, like reading in front of somebody's stress. Okay. Yes, exactly. Sorry. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're coming, where you're, where you're, what you're talking about. I guess I'm just like yeah. talking about no, how fine. I understand the differences as um, we're talking through this together. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. We can move on. Sorry. So on the other hand, if someone has been met with, like we've been talking about, repeated failures when attempting to do these tasks or something similar in the past, it's, it's a like chemical response in your brain to start panicking. You have come across this before. It has been hard every single time. This does not look like it's going to be different. And you've come across this before. You know the outcome. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's basically, it sends to your brain that this is going to be way too difficult for you. You've got to get out of this situation. It's the flight or fight response type of a thing. You know, you got to get out or we've got to shut down to make the stressor leave you alone. That's that's bad stress. Um, yes. And remember, perception is everything, like we've been talking about. It does have to do with how you perceive the stress. Me, on a good day, I'm sure would be able to get up and possibly read something in front of a couple of people. On a really good day, I could do it if I like had the right mindset. Me, on mm-hmm. a bad day, can't... No. Not at all. So it is, again, perception, but... True. That doesn't invalidate the stress. Okay, so that is stress and dyslexia. Let's go over anxiety versus stress because they do differ slightly. Uh, Simply put, anxiety is a state of worry about what might be as compared to stress, which is a reaction to what is. Both stress and anxiety trigger the same chemical reaction in the brain, which does a really good job remembering negative experiences Mm -hmm. it's almost too good in my opinion Um, well it's you remember negative experiences more than you remember positive ones negative ones have a stronger impact on your memory yeah i mean it's even like if someone gives you a hundred compliments and one negative thing you're gonna remember the negative one yeah yeah if you worry all the time about something bad happening to you that puts you in a state of chronic stress. Individuals with dyslexia worry about reading, writing, and arithmetic much of the time, which does put you into a state, especially if you are a um, profound dyslexic, which is what I like to call everyone in our mm-hmm. family. It does put you in a state of chronic stress, not about what might be, but about what is. Mm-hmm. Like the... Um... When I drive Lyft and I have to try and read someone's name right off and I know I can't, I'm like, I, I just play it stressor. off of, I'm a terrible it's a mild reader. Stressor. Oh, it is a very yeah, nice stressor. But that's a stressor that it's like, that's a stressor every day. That's one of your stressors. It is. They, I play it off like I'm a bad reader. I am a bad reader. Most people are totally understanding about it, though. So but. I remember working at the bank when mm-hmm. I was a, a teller there. And, um, they were auditing, you know, the tellers to see how well their customer service was and all that stuff. And if you're like, we're doing everything copacetically mm-hmm. and uh, you're supposed to read the name of the, the, you know, client back to the, you're supposed to read their name back to them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, do you like, um, 
Mitch or Mitchell? And he's like, well, since my name is Michael, neither. And I was like, well, <laughs> f- me, man. Like, uh. it's just like, it's not helpful. Um, what is anxiety? Anxiety comes in many forms. It can be situational. That is specific to one kind or class of worry, like traveling or being in social situations, which I can relate to both of those. Dyslexics can feel marked anxiety in situations in which they feel like they are going to make mistakes or they might be made to feel like a fool in front of other people, which nobody enjoys that. That's crippling to someone's self-esteem. Anxiety can turn into phobias. The fear can end up being so bad. When anxiety is specific or triggered by being around people and you have that constant worry of being judged by others around you or you worry about being embarrassed, that's known as social anxiety or social phobia. This fear can be so intense that it gets in the way of doing things like going to work or school or, you know, doing your every day-to-day activities. Children and adults with social phobias may also worry about, you know, social events weeks or months in advance before they even happen. And for some people, social phobia is really only specific to certain circumstances, like public speaking, while others might be triggered by a number of things in the environment. If you want to go to social anxiety, like for dyslexics, it can be as simple as going to a game night on a double date and you're playing a game that involves a lot of reading do you fake it you can't fake it or do you explain that this isn't working for you oh i fake it with apples to apples all the time like when i was in college they'd play apples to apples just throw it out half the time i just throw it in there and then sometimes like they'd be like great who's i would just wait but when it gets to your turn i would just until it got to my turn? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, see? Then I had Wendy or Monica or Catherine. You have your reader. I had my mm-hmm. reader at the end. But we didn't make a big deal out of it. You can't hide it. But those are like small social anxiety things that like you might not think about as a non-dyslexic, but for a dyslexic to go into that kind of social situation. You know what's even worse? Hmm. Being a dyslexic, what? going into a situation that you don't expect to have your dyslexia come at you, and all of a sudden you're hit with dyslexia. You're just like talking about like going on a double date or things like that, and I did go on a like a group date in college where we all went to the the nickel arcade and there was this game there that uh, it was a trivia game and I was I knew all the answers to it but I couldn't read fast enough to hit the button in time before the buzzer went out let alone hit it before anyone else could hit their button mm. like and I remember having a actually mm-hmm. a mild like panic moment I almost cried because people were staring at me and were wondering why I didn't want to play the game and I what do I do? Say that I'm like profoundly dyslexic and I can't do this and have that be awkward or just be like, oh, I just I don't want to play this game, even though I knew all the answers to it. I knew all of them. Whatever. Oh, oh well, I oh, just cry on public dates. It's fun. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, but those are the little things that, like you, uh, we get hit with in our everyday life that you just don't other people wouldn't think about as stuff that we have to either think on the fly and how to navigate through or run face first into that public wall of yeah dyslexia <sighs> so i'll give yeah. you this on the last little note of just general anxiety before we really do start talking more and more about dyslexia and anxiety um anxiety and stress and uh, having an anxiety disorder like a generalized anxiety disorder which is an actual disorder you'll get diagnosed with it generalized anxiety disorder i have that diagnosis 
That is one of my diagnosis. Did you get that diagnosis when you got diagnosed for dyslexia and for um, ADHD? Yeah. So if you want to hear my diagnosis, I am dyslexic. I am ADHD. I have a math uh, disorder, so dyscalculia, and uh, general anxiety disorder and major depressive disorder. I have been told that I have an anxiety disorder from a therapist once, but I didn't take a test for that one. Like it wasn't told in my dyslexia test that I'm aware of. Um, but I have been told by a therapist. So. so what I'm getting at here is that this these anxiety itself can turn into an issue for anyone and probably will for everyone at some point in time throughout their life. It's not like a, it only affects some people. Everybody has stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And at some point in time in your life, everyone most likely will have a situation where they are having a harder time than they expected to be having. Studies show that that will most likely happen around, like, general anxiety disorders normally happen around the age of 31 when they start setting on. That is from uh, the National Institute of Mental Health. So there you go. Interesting. So just in time for midlife crisis, right before. Yeah, that's, yeah, we just, that's, we start boiling with uh, general anxiety and then we boil over with the midlife crisis in a Corvette. Cool. (laughs) Generalized anxiety disorder affects about 18% of adults in any given year. So it's not it's not weird or rare, and that's why it's better to talk about it, and that's why we're always uh, advocating better just talking, guys. Mental health awareness. Well, advocating for mental health because mental health is important. Everyone has problems. Everyone has stressors. Everyone has anxieties, and mental health is just as important as the rest of your body. So let's take care of ourselves. It, it really yeah. is. You know, back in the day, people thought it was weird to see um, somebody running down the road for exercise. And now you see that all the time. People running, right? Yep. So I'd like it to be where it's not weird to be open and honest about, man, I'm having a hard time. I've been stressed a couple of, you know, for the past couple of weeks. I don't necessarily know why, or maybe I do know why, and let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you're human. You have those feelings, whatever. It's just, it's annoying to me. Yeah. No stiff upper lip. Yeah, no stiff upper lip. Like we talked about earlier with dyslexia and stress and anxiety, it increases when we're in situations that we feel like we have little to no control over, right? Back to reading in public, things like that. Mm -hmm. Many individuals with dyslexia have experienced for years frustration and limited success, despite countless hours of spending time with special programs or working hard, just work harder, um, yeah, or working, working Can I with specialists. Oh, go for it. Okay. So I was driving Lyft the other day and I'm proud of our podcast and I like to plug it when I can. So I was plugging it to this you're gonna, guy. You're going to get a hoe. You're going to get a hoe or two, Drew, and you just got to oh, slap I know. them hard. This, this is my first hoe. Oh, hoes. this is my first. Actually, I don't know if I should use that term. Sorry. It's my first jackass. Um, so no, here's his, he wasn't like, so this is what he said to me and, and I know like it seems subtle and it doesn't seem that bad, but here we go. I, it's bad. Let's tell him about the different experiences between me and Kyle and you and Nate. And one of the things he said, he said, well, I know your sister and stuff got all this help and everything, which is good for them. What have you done for yourself? Oh, dirty ass, dirty ass. Oh, I seethed with rage for a moment. What have I done? And then I said, what I told him I did for myself is I bought myself the Kurzweil system, is what I told him. That's what I did for myself. Anyways, I was so mad. You know what's so funny about that? 
then he didn't listen at all. Oh, it's so nice that your sister and brother got all of this help. What have you done for yourself? Well, yeah, he wasn't listening. Well, they were getting their help. I was supposed to be getting help too, but it wasn't the same program. It was a bad program. So it's not like it's not like I, me, myself, went and did something for myself and you just sat there on a couch. We went through programs. You just went through one that failed you so hard. Screw that dude. Mm-hmm. Screw him. I know, um, right? Oh, right? good. Yeah. Lord. Guys, yeah. PC. We're going to talk PC <laughs> soon. We're going to so talk PC. Yes. I'm angry for you. What have you Thank done? You. Not murdered you in this car. That's what I've done. <laughs> That's what I've done. Not tell you off for being extremely, extremely insensitive. insensitive. That's what I've done. What a... <laughs> that happened like Tuesday or Wednesday. Oh, and then real quick, the other thing he said to me is, do you think that your parents had a hard time with the school system because you were their first one? You're like, I wasn't? And yes. Well, when I said I wasn't their first one, and yes, of course. Like... <laughs> The problem is they shouldn't have had that problem with the school That's, system. To begin. Uh, I didn't that say that. That is the issue, though, is that the problem is that they shouldn't. They shouldn't have they, had. They, they shouldn't. This is not a conversation about why we should be teaching. It's a conversation about how. It's a conversation about, yeah, how. Because we know how, and let's just do it already. Anyway, sorry. I thought you'd get a kick out of those. I'm actually waiting to tell I'm you so those. But I haven't got a chance to talk to you yet. I'm so angry. I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, God, where was I in this? Okay. I'm sorry. The three off so bad. It's just that it just made me think of it. And I had to tell you. But that's where the anxiety comes in. You're talking to people and they say insensitive things that they don't understand what they're saying. And you're like, could you make me feel more awkward? It's not even could you make me feel more awkward. I'm like, could you put your foot any farther into your face? Like, right. Oh, that's 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 cringy to like watch. Like, oh, you said that. Ew. Mm hmm. Yeah. Sorry to mess you up so bad. All right, let's find out where we were. We're talking about the fact that we've gone through so many hours of specialist training or trying to work harder or do those things. And if it's not properly done, it doesn't help you, right? Mm -hmm. And these programs can be agonizingly slow and very frustrating and render you Mm -hmm. emotionally fragile and uh, vulnerable from years of doing this. So stupid people should just keep their mouth shut. Okay. <laughs> some may, yeah. Some have been subject to extensive pressure to succeed or excel without the proper support or training. Like, can you imagine being a dyslexic child and your parents not understand it and still try to hold you to the standard of why aren't you getting straight A's? Hold me to a standard of being better than who I am and getting the standards of schools, not the standards of everyone. And we really need to focus on the individual strengths not not being a, a check mark mm-hmm. well and I've, I've heard the stories of people who have been like we have i mean our dyslexia is hereditary so we've been hearing some stories from family members who the school system when they were going through school was nowhere near geared towards them and just the abuse that they got for not being able to keep up with everyone else in the class and yeah it was it, back then it was abuse so because they thought they thought that negative reinforcement was a good way to motivate. Yes, getting hit for spelling wrong. But I would say mm-hmm. the things that I have still noticed um, that has not gone away. The physical violence against us has gone away in schools, yes. Yes. But the public shaming hasn't. No, it has not. The public shaming still happens all of the time. Teachers are doing horrible things to poor little eight-year-olds. <laughs> Sorry. Public shaming is not 
cool. We have trauma from our education. Um, teachers aren't necessarily understanding. Yeah, okay. Anyway. <sighs> to continue on, individuals with... An- <laughs> To continue on, individuals with dyslexia may have learned that being in the company of others places them at risk for major public uh, mistakes and inevitable negative reactions from people. It makes sense, then, that many people with dyslexia have become withdrawn. They seek the company of either just as introverted people or really become social isolates. Like, we normally have small groups because people aren't... People off the bat say the wrong shit constantly. And me, as an adult, would rather just seek the company of the people that know me than have to continuously stand against a wind of shit that I do not want to have to be standing in. Like, that's just... I'm not here to catch it and clean it for you. You should probably learn how to say something better. (laughs) Yeah. And as a dyslexic, we'll put in those situations, you know, as we said, when it comes to double dates or just game nights with friends. So we're going to leave you with this. Um, It's a little bit of the dis... It's a little bit of how to handle our anxiety and and stress. It's what we've been talking about before. Competence instills confidence, and confidence leads to success. Early diagnosis. Early therapy. Having people in your life understand what it's about, educating your family, educating the people in um, your educators at school a little bit better on on dyslexia, Um, reducing uh, stress in the home and learning how to um, possibly make a a to-do list for yourself so that you don't become over-stressed or over-stimulated, working around our it takes us longer to do things. It's going to take us longer to do homework. It's going to take us longer to do this stuff. Um, Learning how to go about that. Honestly. And then. And then. No, what, I'll what? let you finish. I was going to say, honestly, for me, this, besides at home, although we had a very good home life for um, dyslexics. Yeah, very good. Besides starting at home and not putting too much pressure on your child who's dyslexic to meet social expectations, it really, really starts in the classroom. Yeah. The, the social anxiety, the anxiety of getting things wrong, the anxiety of being punished for not keeping up with everybody else. That's what it really, really is. Really starts in the classroom. And you're punished. That's a problem. You're punished for something that you can't help so severely as a young child and so routinely mm-hmm. that I am not surprised that there's so many people with anxiety or depression coming out of this. Honestly, it's it just it. It kills your self-esteem. It gives you self-doubt. You've never felt like you've succeeded. And some of those things to do is, like, to focus on that. If someone's succeeding in something, make a big deal out of it. And if someone needs help, if I'm if I'm having a hard time reading, make a big deal out of the little things I'm doing yeah, right with it. Yeah, Let us know. Let Feel the, the success. Me to feel the success and not all, always the failures. And... I was going to say something else. It's okay. But yeah, we need to feel feeling the success is important in knowing that our we have value other than strictly our ability to to read, which is really it does start to feel like a lot of your value is um, strictly on your disability and how much it affects you and how much you're able Mm -hmm. to hide it and how much you're able to overcome it, which yeah, 
Like, that's not helpful. No. In the end, um, a little bit of stress is a good thing. And good stress is a good thing. It keeps us on our toes. It keeps Mm -hmm. us ready for challenges in a very normal and complex life. Because that's what life is. It's, It's just facing challenges. But we need to learn as a community how to better mitigate stress and how to not traumatize people early on. And to understand that everybody in your life is going to come through an anxious or stressful moment and to just hold each other up instead of always chastising somebody if they say that they feel anxious. Mm -hmm. When you hear someone say that they feel anxious, don't say some asinine comment because you can't relate to their anxiety. Mm -hmm. Realize that they're having a moment and think back to a time that you had a moment And try to be there for them, even if it's just simply taking their mind off of it or having a different, like talking about a different topic. And when it comes to stress, stress turns into anxiety when you do not feel like you have any tools to overcome that stress. When you feel like you're judged solely upon, or at least maybe not solely upon, but you feel like you're judged on that ability to such an extent and you know you're never going to fully achieve what everyone else thinks you should it will turn into anxiety it will because that fear will just keep mounting because it will never ever ever go away because the best way to mitigate stress like you've been saying and like we were saying is to have processes in place uh to like recognize like hey this is a stressor situation for me and what am I going to do about that yeah to get the proper help that you need in in your dyslexia to, like I said, to get a therapist and to actually get proper um, dyslexia training. Like me, I'm still dyslexic. I'm still going to have anxiety when I go and I read in front of people, but I have a Mm -hmm. lot more tools in my belt to use because I've had the therapy that I have and I'm not going to be as anxious or as stressed as somebody else because I know what to fall back on. And you're asking people to to have no stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. with no tools and that's not really useful. Climb a mountain with nothing. Well, at least I have a tool belt. I know how to get up it. Might take you a little bit longer, but you can do yeah. it. Okay. Anything you would like to finish and add here? We did kind of start rambling. I think the important part is um, that stress, for me, that stress turns into anxiety when you don't feel like you have any tools to overcome it and you're judged by your inability to. Like, to me, that is that is... Stress, anxiety, what's the difference? So you're being, you have no tools to overcome the situation that they are judging you off of the fact you cannot overcome. And they are judging you that you can't overcome it rather than judging you based upon, like, not even judging, they shouldn't even be judging you on it, but not just being like, oh, that's interesting. You're one of the people who have dyslexia. Cool. So reading's not your thing, but you want to play Pictionary? Yeah. Reading is not your thing, but that's not a Any. bad thing. But that's not a big deal. It's, it's yeah. It's the idea of one sense of mm, intelligence. Okay. We do hope that um, it wasn't too bad for everybody. And you can find us on Instagram at Podcast. As always, go over there for images and more posts. And if you message me there, I will message you back. It's me on the other side. Little old read. And if you get spelling mistakes, which you will... I'm dyslexic. So. They're part of my core. They're part of me. With that, 
since you have listened this far, you better like and <laughs> leave a comment and subscribe. Subscribe! Yeah. Uh, if you follow us on wherever you listen to us on, it will, you know, give you our new episodes because they come out every week. And it also helps other dyslexics find us, which is really helpful in the end. And other people like us, dyslexic, uh, parents of dyslexics, educators, anyone who wants to hear a couple of girls ramble in a closet i'm into it you're into it i'm into it let's do this um i'm into it yeah with that we will just leave you with our sign off as always my little my little patch of melons be different and be kind